0: Welcome everyone to The Man Podcast, where we recognize that men are necessary, but not just any man, foundational men are necessary in our lives. I am Mike Brown, your certified health and wellness coach and lifestyle strategist, and I want to thank you for being a part of the conversation. Join me as we build foundational men through knowledge, wisdom, and insight. And with that being said, let's move right into this episode. Now you guys have known that we've been talking about building a foundational man and we've been discussing the qualities and we began with love and we have tackled joy and we're going to keep moving forward into these qualities. But I wanted to take some time to backtrack and talk about love because that is the foundation and the heart of becoming a foundational man. And so as we recap and we rejoin, the topic of love, I have brought my good friend, Nate George, back onto the podcast, and he's here to join us. And for those of you who don't know Nate, Nate is a father, a son. He is a teacher. He is a deacon at at uh, at his church. He is also a Bible expositor. He is also, uh, what am I missing here? I think that's it. I think I got it and you know what in his in his humble words i'm just a guy (laughs) he's just a guy he's that dude (laughs) well we want to welcome nate to the podcast because he has a lot of insight uh and i wanted to always give uh if i have the opportunity i always want to bring a different perspective onto things so you're not just hearing my perspective and i'm not talking as if i have the only and the most thought out perspective out here on these topics so with that being said, Nate, welcome. Mike, as always, it's a
1: pleasure to be talking with you again. And, you know, you're starting this new venture and the man podcast, which is absolutely necessary. And so I'm just honored and privileged to be here today.
0: Well, thank you. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, I, I've talked to you a little bit about it and I was just getting tugged and tugged and tugged into a different direction. And and this is where it landed. And I'm happy with the direction. And it's been such a blessing and so easy to put out this information because it is very necessary. We live in a world right now where men are scrutinized all the time. And a lot of men, millions of men are struggling in silence. They have nowhere to turn. Um, they, They don't have other foundational men in their lives, perhaps and it's it's necessary for this message to get out it's not just to empower but it's to restore vision give them a starting point on how to transform their lives and become the man that they always knew they could be and then also to give them insight and give them the resources to remain that type of man so no i think
1: what you're doing on this show is incredibly important and powerful I know that i've listened to every single episode so far and even your one from last week was so powerful because it was it was so there are so many gems that i was i had my notebook out and i was writing things out and i literally had to pause it rewind pause it rewind pause it rewind because there's so much in it so what you're doing for for men is is extremely important but you're not just doing it for the men only but you're doing it for women as well so I mean, we all need this type of spiritual guidance uh, from God and His Word, and and someone that's bold enough, such as yourself, to relay that message. So, like I said before, I am just very honored and privileged to be here, and I'm, I'm excited for this uh, this episode.
0: Well, let's jump right into this. Let's wait no longer. Like I've said, we've been talking about the qualities of a foundational man and the qualities of a foundational man can be found in galatians 5 and it says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and earlier we talked about vision and how uh, impaired vision will lead you away from these qualities and we've talked in detail about where these qualities come from but like i said i wanted to jump back into love because love has to be the foundation that any foundational man is laid upon, is built upon. Now, here's the problem. I want to first begin talking about society's views about love, and I want to get your take on what society says about love and how you feel about that and how, where does that all begin?
1: Well, that's a, Excellent question, and something you said about love being our foundation. The Bible says, "Let all that you do be done in love." So, that four-letter word is a word that is very much misused today. It's uh, they don't even know what the definition of that word actually means. But I'll tell you what society society says that love is. It's they say it's a complex emotion involving strong feelings of affection and tenderness for the love object, pleasurable sensations in his or her presence, devotion to his or her well-being and sensitivity sensitivity to his or her reactions to oneself. Now, one thing I'm going to say to you is there's a recurring theme in that definition. Self, 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 self. Mm. It's nothing but self. And the biblical reality of what love truly is, is nothing to do with feelings at all. It has nothing to do with emotions. Matter of fact, we're told to not be followed and led with our emotions. So, in order to really understand love, we have to understand actually and identify who love is. And I believe you talked about it the last time you did a love episode. But 1 John 4, 8 says, The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Yep. So here's the question. If God is love, how can the created dictate what love is when the creator clearly, clearly tells us who and what love is?
0: With the definition you gave about society, you hear all the time, you have to love yourself first. You have to love yourself first. You can't You can't love anybody else unless you love yourself first. But then... My question is, is how do you define that? How, how do I know if I'm loving myself? What does that mean? Does that mean I love myself because I went out and bought some fancy clothes or I bought a car? I mean, there's really no real definitive uh, definition or, or, or standard on what that means, which I think causes a lot of confusion. Could we agree that that's where the disconnect is, is that there's not a love for God, which means that. Love is absent in our society.
1: I would say for sure that, but I, I think there's also a disconnect on who he is. It, it's, it's, it's a, a, a right standing relationship with him and understanding who God actually is. I mean, he has definitely has more than one attribute for sure, but love is the, is the one that everybody focuses on because we think, so we tie in society's view on, on love and then we tie that in with God. And that's just not the case. I I know that you have already went over uh, what love truly is, but so in 1 John 4, 8, we know who God is. Mm -hmm. We know that he is love. We know what love is, but do we know the actual definition of what that love is? And that definition is clearly found in 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13 Verses four through eight says this. Now, the, this is what God's definition of love is. It's patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily provoked. It doesn't take an account where wrong suffered. Doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it does rejoice with the truth it bears believes and hopes all things and endures all things and his love never fails. So with that, here's the reality. And you tell me, Mike, is there anything in here that matches society's view on love?
0: Not one thing. There is not one thing uh we've you know, that's where this goes against everything that the world is saying because the world has said that love hurts. How in the world is that a definition of anything hurting and and it goes back to the bible any encounter that people had with Jesus they were overwhelmed. They they immediately felt his presence his presence and wanted to change their lives. So, you know, it it you're correct it goes against everything that we have known. So, I want to ask you we got to go back. I mean, we're kind of seasoned men now. (laughs) I want you to go back and think about when you started to be influenced by the world's definition of love.
1: Well, I, I would say probably in high school, that's usually when most of us start really, you know, having an our attention fixated on the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. So that's usually what happens. And if you do not have a clear cut model of, of a man in your life to show you, first off, how to treat to treat a woman, how to talk to a woman, how to respect a woman, how to truly love a woman, then you're going to make a lot of life altering mistakes that depending on what it is, it could it could jeopardize your life completely. And that's what I've seen in, as a youth pastor, I've had several, you know, at this point young men and women who are they've done more with a romanticized type of relationship in a span of less than a year than I did in like 10 years. And so it's everybody's always wanting these mountaintop experiences. Mm -hmm. And you think about it. I mean, a girl likes you, that's that's a mountaintop experience. That's like, but then that that goes away. So then you hold hands and then that gets exciting and then that starts fading away. Then you have to move to the next step Mm -hmm. and then the next step, the next step. So then after all the you know, and once you take, you know, um, the virginity away, from both people and and the sad reality is that there's not a lot of sexual purity in high school that's the sad part not always the case with everybody but but what you're taking from a man a young man or a young woman is is a very very precious thing and so and that is distinctly meant for marriage alone but going back to it so it's it starts in high school and you get these people in these relationships and if you're if you're living in a home that doesn't have a foundational man or as we have talked about several times men are just absent even if they're even there or fathers have left or they are a very very poor example of what a man should be so you know they're raised with i mean just smut and 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 toxic stuff around them for I'll give you a quick example I was at a, one of my last sleepovers I had as a as a young man and so i had never been to this kid's house before he'd mm-hmm. always been a friend of mine he's come to my house for sure so i went to his house and at the end of the night when we were kind of getting situated with our sleeping bags the father comes down and he puts on now i'm gonna date myself here a vhs tape
0: <laughs> oh man for those you don't know look that up wow, <laughs> wow. I, isn't that bad man, that was early nineties. It was, that that had to be early nineties. Yeah. I was,
1: I can't remember how old I was, but, but you know what it was porn? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a pornographic video and I got made fun of because I put my head in my sleeping bag and covered it. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want to see that because my dad taught me not that's, that's not not okay. Of course Mm -hmm. I was the weirdo, but that's normal for for them. That was that was a completely normal thing. And a matter of fact, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this even right now. This just happened to me this week. Mm-hmm. One of my second graders who's been a little bit of an issue this year, there was a movie I put I put on for the students uh while they ate lunch with me. So all of them ate lunch with me. So the, you know teachers do that occasionally. And you know they had a great week. So I said you guys can have a reward. You can eat with me and I put on an old fashioned movie and you know, those nineties movies are a little bit sketchy at times. Right. Long story short, there was a part where there was a scene where this, this lady was, uh, was holding this, this cartoon cat or whatever. And you know, it got a view of her chest. Mm -hmm. This kid turned around to me, Mike, and literally looked at me and said, Mr. George, have you ever went to third base?
0: Oh, wow. Second grade.
1: Eight years old. And I, And I sit there, and i I and one of the teachers I told they said, well, "What did you do?" I was like, "I don't I just stood there and I was like, "What did you just ask me?" Mm-hmm. But this is so it it comes from two things: parents not being parents or parents themselves. And what I meant by the first part is that they just allow technology to raise their child. And the stuff that's on there is, is is so bad. But you know, the other thing is this: he he dropped the N bomb to a kid not that long ago, and I asked him where he heard it from. Said his parents. And I'm like, and we wonder why. Mm-hmm. But so so, I guess getting back to the the very very beginning of what we we're talking about is there is a huge, utter, complete disconnect. I don't. I I, I there needs to be a more powerful word than disconnect we are totally and utterly separated from god because i believe i've said this on your show before but isaiah 59 2 says your sins have caused a separation between you and god Mm -hmm. and it hides its face from you hides its face from you so it's not that there is a you know yeah, you know, when you plug in your phone or like, like a charger, that's not that it can disconnect. We're talking about separated. Absence. A, absence. Absence. Yes.
0: Sin doesn't care about how old you are. It does not care about where you're at or your socioeconomic status. It doesn't care about any of that. What you've talked about, it it, it is an issue with the technology. I know technology is sometimes good, but I think the majority of it is, is it's bad. It's bad. You know we don't have to work for anything but it's mainly the access that so many people have now and you know i'm along that same lines just yesterday i had a, a sixth grader i think he's like 11 maybe 11 or something a sixth grader talking about man i'm i get all the chicks but he said all the bees and um that's how you i was like what why is that your goal is that your goal? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the more bees you have, the the more of a man you are. He literally said that. Wow. And I said, you know what? It broke my heart because I said, you know, he doesn't have a foundational man in his life that's teaching him the opposite. Hmm. Some, he's learned that from somewhere. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he learned it from his dad. I don't know. But I know that he has access to all the technology, all the social media, and that is what is bombarding our our minds, the minds of our youth with that stuff. And now he seriously thinks, he said that with straight conviction, the more bees I have, <laughs> the more of a man I am. And he, that was his belief. Now, I didn't have time to really sit down and talk to him about it or or or, or really debate him on that. I said, are you sure? I just said, are you sure? That's what that means. And I just left it at that. When you break it down, he's going to think that love is involved in any, in any part of that process. He's going to think that, well, I'm showing love because I'm here and she has me and I'm the prize. I'm I'm showing love or I'm shown love because all of these ladies want to be around me. And I I I'd wholeheartedly believe that that absence that you're talking about of God has distorted the whole concept of love. You know, it kind of goes back to, you know, God created his masterpiece and he defined everything. He defined man and woman. He defined how we're supposed to live. He, he is the ultimate creator of the masterpiece, but yet we have millions of people going through and looking at his masterpiece and putting their own spin on it, creating their own definition. And then they go out and since they have a little pull here on earth, they get a following. And now people start to believe their definition that's going against the creator of this masterpiece. And this is what we're going through and this is what continues to happen with God's word. It happens with all these definitions of love, all these different qualities. We've talked about it with kindness. How far can we go with kindness on our own? We've talked about that, and we'll touch on that a little later. We can't do it on our own. And so since there is an absence of God, before we keep moving on with this, uh, because I want to get into why men struggle with love, but I want you to talk about since there is an absence of God, how can we become closer to God and how can we start building this relationship with God? So we can have an understanding of first what true love means.
1: Well, it, the answer is is difficult and simple at the same time. It's kind of paradoxical. but the first thing we need to do is acknowledge who He is. Uh, God is God, and we are not. Uh, what we do typically in the span of eighteen years is, you know, we we grow under the tutelage and and knowledge and wisdom of our parents. And they show us uh, everything that we need to do to become adults. And then we come, we reach an age where we cannot wait to get out under their shackles of their authority. (laughs) Right. And and that's what actually was talking to them on Wednesday night. And so it was, it was sad though, because I, I said, so when you leave the house, finally, you have your own pad set up. Now who's in charge? You. Well, I got news for you. Uh, we are not the, the center of the universe. I'm just going to take you to a, view, a few verses because I think this is really important to understand first that God is in charge. I mean, if you just read the Bible, Genesis one one. I mean, that's the very first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth
0: we right we, there he's the masterpiece he is the master creator of the masterpiece that we are a part of right now
1: yeah and, and we have we have so many here that uh, i could go over but i'm not going to but i'm just going to give you another one that i use quite a bit in psalm 24 1 the earth is the lord's and all it contains the world and those who dwell in it so the next time someone wants to say something about well how could God let this happen? let do this, or this, or that this world is his, it's not ours. And that's what we do. Ever since, ever since the fall of Ab and Eve, we have a desire to be like God. We desire to, to run things, to do things our own way. Mm-hmm. And submitting is the absolute last thing in our minds to do. So going back to your, going back to your question, is, is we understand who God is. We also understand that, that Isaiah 59-2 that I said before us. We are all born with a sinful nature, and that sinful nature, when we reach that age of accountability where we fully understand that our sin separates us from God and that it's wrong, from that point, there's there's the beef. That's the issue. Mm-hmm we are completely separated from God and there is no way possible to get back right with God on our own strength internally or externally so that's why Jesus Christ had to come he came he came in the flesh born of a virgin he lived a perfect sinless life he died on the cross for our sins he was buried and raised triumphantly 3 days later and now he is seated at the right hand of God why is that dying for our sins a big deal because the 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 penalty of sin that we pay that we must pay for with our lives Jesus paid for it it's like it's like you had these traffic tickets that mm-hmm. were that were so monumentally piled up I mean we're just kind of just bear with me with the illustration but you have this but you have this this unforgivable debt that you you in your ten lifetimes you'll never pay off, and you're in the courtroom and it's finally judgment day, and the judge is looking and says, "Mike, you need to pay this right now. If you don't, you're going to prison forever. You're never gonna get out." And you know you're sitting there and you're and you're hopeless and you're despair. Yeah, I don't know what to do. And then a man walks in. The room hushes goes up there and whispers something to the judge. He looks at you, puts his hand on your shoulder, just gives you just gives you a smile and walks out. And the judge is kind of kind of bewildered here, but he he stands up and he goes, "Okay, Mike, you're free to go." You're like, "What? How?" Well, the man that just walked in said so he's going to he's going to take your debt. He's going to take your sentence for being in prison for the rest of your life. He's going to take that from you. Or he's gonna pay your debt. And and most of us as adults understand debt and how and how stressful that is and how much that weighs upon your heart and your shoulders. I mean, imagine that if someone paid off your house mortgage out of nowhere. I mean, right. That but we're talking about, but see, that's monetary, right? That's temporary. What we're taught, what we're really illustrating is spiritual things. So your sins separate you from God. You can never, you can never get back right with him on your own. So Jesus did that so you can get back right with God. So that if you put your trust and faith in him, he gives you his righteousness and he takes your sin. That's so, but here's the problem with that though, Mike, this is where the disconnect happens. Mm -hmm. We are commanded to repent of our sins. So that young man that said that, which breaks my heart to hear that, but he needs the gospel. He needs the gospel. Uh, we all need the gospel, and I need to I need to preach the gospel to myself every single day. I am still needing of a savior every single
0: day. Oh, most definitely. I mean, we we have to have it because we cannot. We can only go so far alone. We can go so far on our own, and it's impossible to do it on our own. So we have to have something that's keeping us grounded keeping us rooted to stay on the path because once again if we stray i mean once we x out uh having a relationship with god or staying in his word our our vision becomes impaired Mm. which clouds up our purpose it clouds up everything that we have going for us it leads us astray we fall for these traps we might venture off to another trail that seems Uh, greener and brighter, even though that's not where we need to be. So it's totally important. This isn't, uh, you know, uh, I don't want anybody to start to think that, man, I'm, I'm a foundational man. I'm without struggle. Everything's going to be all great for me. I don't need anything else. I can do this on my own. That is not, that is not the case at all. We all need Uh, Other foundational men in our lives, yes. But we also need to stay grounded in our faith and stay uh, keeping that intimate relationship with God. So we discussed the the, um, society's views about love and how it has gone against the real true definition of love, God's definition of love. And now I want to talk about the meat and potatoes. And this is for the men. And I, I've struggled with this on my own. And I wanted to get a different uh, perspective on this. But my question overall is, why do men struggle with love? Why do they struggle to show love? And I thought about this for all my life, really, And my darkest times when I felt like, Love was unavailable for me. I was praying for peace and I was praying for love. But at the same time, I had to think about, was I really showing love? What what did love even mean to me? And I look back now and my definition of love was skewed. Somewhere down the line, it got skewed. And uh, I remember from that point, I said, you know what? This is how I'm gonna love. I'm gonna love by being closed up, and I'm gonna love just giving a little bit at a time, and and testing whoever I'm with. And then if they don't, uh, if they don't disappoint me, or if they, if they take care of that little bit of love, then I might give them a little bit more. But if not, I'll, I'll take it back. So it became this yo-yo type love thing because I was trying to safeguard my own feelings while still trying to experience love. And that created such a struggle for me. That mindset created a a, a stronghold on me for years. Fast forward now, th- things have changed, but it is something that I still have to uh, be aware of, and it's something that I have to be intentional about with showing love. And so, I want to talk to you, Nate, on why men continue to struggle with this and what causes this and how we can overcome this because ultimately i haven't met a man that didn't want to feel love you know in our society we grow up in you're not tough if you're showing love or if you show love to your wife you're whipped and she's controlling you and she wears the pants or (laughs) you you know we have these these uh ideas about this and it's a no-win situation is what has been created that's what it feels like but I know there is a way that you can win so I know I was a little long-winded there Nate hopefully uh we can uh come to some kind of conclusion or give some kind of insight to help other men that might be struggling right now with showing love uh receiving love maybe they were they understood the definition and they have backtracked and now they're stuck in a rut. So I'm going to give you the floor and we're just going to listen to the old wise one. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just playing. No, but I, I want to hear I'm interested and I'm sure everybody else is interested to hear what you have to say about this.
1: Well, right before we started, I said that. Why do men struggle to love? And I said, that's really, really deep. Uh, you can actually have a podcast strictly about that. The, the first thing is it goes back to what you were just talking about just a few minutes ago with your own story that you had, you had love, the idea of love, the definition of love, your view of love, it was skewed. So it left you wanting and it left you, it left you with a, like an unquenchable thirst for something that you didn't know how to get. And I don't know, I don't know what to do that's a really hopeless feeling. And then, you know, here's the other thing we get in these relationships and, you know, you get the, the warm and fuzzies, the holding hands. And we, we talked all about that stuff, all these things, but it doesn't satisfy. And so we, so we sit there thinking like, well, maybe this is the wrong girl. So I'll jump to another one. Same thing happens. And and, you know, in, in every relationship in the very beginning, everybody's always putting their best foot forward they're almost fake to a point and you know guys are you know open the door for for ladies that should that should happen I don't care if you're 80 years old and you know here's the reality we look at the physical acts of love what can somebody do for me and i think one of our one of the biggest reasons why we have a, such a skewed view of love is kind of what we just talked about from the very beginning we don't know who God is. It's a failure to know God because he shows you and tells you and demonstrates for you what love truly is. And that's what you need to look for in somebody else. But you're not going to find that in a bar. You're not going to find that on the street. And so that's that's where it becomes an issue. So you're looking for a love in all the wrong places. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a quick little thing here, and this is this is just all my studies of the Bible and love. This is what it really boils down to. It's love is selfless, it's benevolent, it's self-sacrificial, and here's the big ouch: it isn't about you. It's not about you at all. And I'll 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 give you a little bit of just maybe a little bit of illustration. So a husband or boyfriend, whatever, is in a relationship and here they think, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to clean the dishes. uh, I'm going to do some detail cleaning as my wife likes to say. (laughs) (laughs) And, and we, you know, she gets home give her you know, you give her a foot massage you're on your knees that so you've been you know your knees are hurting so you're you're massaging her feet you go with your shoulders and do all these things and then you know you're you're you put the kids to bed and everything else and then you guys get in bed your wife looks over she rolls over she gives you a kiss on the cheek says thanks for all your hard work today turns around and starts snoring <laughs> and you're like you sitting there, wide eyed, looking at the ceiling, like, "What just happened? Why did I not get anything in return? What right. What is going on?" So then, if you're angry enough, you tap her on the shoulder, and you're like, "That's it? What do you mean, that's it? What? Look at all the stuff I did today. Oh, that's why you did it because you wanted something in return. Right.
0: Now I, you're in trouble. Yeah, I said, "Thank you. I acknowledge <laughs> what you did." you want it more okay
1: and yeah. my my question to you as my guy is you want a medal I mean, right. but see, I only say this because that's been me so many times and I'm thinking, you selfish individual, the only reason why you did this to this quote unquote selfless act <laughs> of love is to get something that you want right and you are objectifying the person that you love or are supposed to love the most I don't know how many times I've been there. But we are carried around by the desires of our flesh. And Jesus says that we are to die to self. And that means if you die to self, what does that mean? That you have to exalt Christ first, but then you exalt everybody else. It kind of goes back to pretty much our favorite verse in Philippians chapter 2. We do nothing. We do nothing out of selfishness or empty conceit. But with that humility, we regard others as more important ourselves and we look out for the interests of others, not just our own. So that destroys everything I just said completely. Because I believe it's in Romans, but love does no wrong to its neighbor. Mm -hmm. And love does, does no wrong to their spouse. Love does no wrong to their children. So if we had that that love that we talked about in 1 Corinthians 13, and that love is called agape love. That's, again, that just throwing it back here one more time. God's selfless, benevolent, sacrificial love is found in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 3. That's what we, we quoted earlier. And so if we had those attitudes, that we had that, we would be way better off. But the problem is, we, we we're so fixated on the flesh, we're so fixated on what's in it for me. That young man that you were just talking about, if I get all the Bs, I'm more of a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that stuff eventually is going to get old, and he's going to want he's going to want a girl to be with him forever. He's going to want a girl that's always going to be be by his side. Could you imagine, for a second, Mike, if you were if your wife Was you you were going through a really big health issue. You were physically. Mm -hmm. And it and it scared you to death. Now you're a tough guy, but I'm just saying you want your best friend, your wife to be there by your side. Most definitely. Now, could you imagine now if you had his attitude and you had a a woman that was not like your wife, but she but she just like, yeah, I'm here for the good times and you know, and I'll love you in the good Mm -hmm. times. And whoa, 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 you got this disease here or you got this problem.
0: Right. I'm out. And I bet you, if he had ten women that was in a rela- that he was in a relationship with, all ten of them would leave. that would be gone in a heartbeat. They they wouldn't stick around. What what for? Yeah, they have no reason to stick around. Oh, you're saying that the the purses are gone, the the shopping sprees are gone, the the uh, you know flaunting me around and bragging about me and all the the boasting that you do about me and uplifting me, you know what I mean? That's gone. Oh, you can't do that anymore? I'm on to the next one. Right. Yeah, you're totally right. You, I mean, in the end, <laughs> I had a, I had an old friend of mine say, isn't it funny how the world works? You begin in diapers and then you end in diapers. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's true though, I mean, sad I, but true. I said, oh my goodness, and that it made me think. <laughs> Nate, I'll tell you, four years ago, I remember I was on a on a date with my wife and we went out for ice cream in the middle of the day just to get away from the kids for a little bit. And uh, I went, I stopped at the gas station. I remember um, this guy, he he said, oh, what are you doing? It's hot outside. Are you enjoying yourself? I'm like, yeah, me and the wife are eating ice cream and we're just taking a little break from the kids. Something simple. We just need a couple of waters. He's like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, how many kids do you have? I said, five. He said, "Five children, you are so wealthy, you are so blessed. you are so wealthy. And I'm like, bro, wealthy, <laughs> I'm looking at these waters for two bucks a pop, and I'm thinking this is too much. <laughs> you know like why am I about to spend four to five dollars on some water? You know, and it took me a minute, and he was just he went on and on and on during the whole conversation about how wealthy I and how blessed I am and how every man every man uh desires what i have and uh to cherish what i have and things like that and i was just like hey thank you thank you thank you i didn't even think about it until i told my wife and then we talked about it and we sat on it and we were silent and then it hit me man i am blessed why because i'm at a point in my life where i do understand the true definition of love my kids may not fully understand the definition, but they're receiving it and they're seeing the model. My wife is seeing the model. And I've been blessed to have the relationships I have uh, with my kids and with my wife and with other people that I encounter. So when he said, I'm really wealthy and that other men, this is what they truly desire. I thought about the times when I was single, kind of going off what that guy said, the kid said, oh man, if you're with the prettiest girl and you're flaunting her off, and all the guys are saying, "Man, awesome, awesome. You think that's cool, but like you said, that wears off." And I look about I look at those situations for other men, and I'm like, man, you are there's no way you're fulfilled. There's no way you're happy. It's temporary. But this what I have, what that man described, it took me back to love. And like I said, it took a minute. It was probably about a half an hour later because I, I knew what he was saying, but I didn't really dissect what he was saying. And when I dissected it, I'm like, man, I, you know, I was like, I'm I I'm blessed. I'm flexing my chest a little bit like Superman. Like, man, I, you know, even when I think I'm down, there's other people that desire that this is what is desirable. This is awesome. And then I started thinking about my other friends. And I'm like, wait a minute. All of my closest friends have this Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm you know what I mean oh
1: yeah
0: all my and at that time I didn't know what it was but I'm like man I am truly blessed to have foundational men in my life because without that I would have been totally totally lost and so you know what do you think about this Nate we're taught to keep everything inside a true man doesn't express you think that's part of the fear factor too why we don't express our love?
1: I think so. I mean, I am, I am the complete opposite of what a quote unquote real man would be. Uh, and I say that in what, in your example is because my wife doesn't go and buy me flowers. She doesn't, um, she doesn't you know bow down and worship my feet. She doesn't, she doesn't, uh, you know, she's not loppy. She's not all the things. I'm that. Mm. I, I could, I could literally tell her for hours and hours and hours how wonderful she is, how much she means to me. I could use all these words. She can't, I will. I literally one time, this is, this is funny. I was talking for about 20 minutes. I'm just like, I just cannot believe I am with someone like you. I, I, I mean, I've been waiting for someone like you for my whole entire life. And what we've been through as, as a, as a couple and everything. I just, I'm just so grateful to God that I have someone like you, that, that I can be my true best friend that I can rely on and count on. And she goes, (sighs) I said, what do you think? She goes, yeah, I feel the same. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the, that's the opposite of us, but she's a woman of action. She shows it by her actions. And now she's gotten better because I've had to say, I need to hear that. Mm -hmm. But going back to what you're saying, I think it is. It's because men are afraid for some reason. I don't know. I think it's just become a little more just taboo than anything else. Men don't do that. Well, who says that? I mean, God says, I love you in in the scriptures. Uh, Who's tougher than him? Um, Who's more powerful than he? Mm -hmm. And yet he says... with his son on the cross he says father forgive them they know not what they do come on now that if that doesn't shake you to your core right because he doesn't wasn't just saying that to those people back then he's saying it to us who are directly sinful against what he says to do and how to live and how we ought to be he says father forgive nate for he doesn't know what he's doing do you have you have to put yourself in the story so going back to what you're saying i absolutely think that is the truth men are afraid because I don't know, because I think I don't, I don't think they like being vulnerable,
0: man. Because when you,
1: because when you let that, you let that heart open to the wrong person, man, they're going to make you harder than you were before. So the next person you're with is probably better than that next person, but you're, you're still holding on to that person before. So you're, you're afraid. So I don't want to hurt the men's feelings. But they're too afraid of being hurt to so they so they show up thinking that's some kind of defense. Mm-hmm. When in reality is like that has to make you stronger. But here's here's the biggest part where we mess up is it's we always talk about the man and a woman relationship, but your relationship with God and how deep it is is going to dictate how you treat your woman. Mm-hmm. And so, if you have a high view of God, you're going to have a high view of her and a low view of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have a low view of God, you're going to have a high view of self and a low view of your wife. So it's it's really it correlates to your intimacy with God because we don't want to get intimate because there's a lot there's a lot of guys out there that women complain and say Gee, he just won't open up he won't I mean I even had a friend of mine that you know and he stopped trying they got married it was all fun and games it was Mm -hmm. great it's exciting and when they got married he just got flat lazy didn't do anything for her and so she should not have done this either but she went to go seek it somewhere else Mm -hmm. and i remember when he told me in my kitchen and i looked at him i said Wait, what do you? It was so nonchalant. Oh, by the way, um, my wife cheated on me. Like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> this is not. This is not some random thing you just bring up. I'm yeah. like, so I, I gave my, you know, like about face, you know, like in the military. I'm like, yeah. say what now? So we're talking through it, and I'm, I'm not gonna go too deep in this. But I'm just gonna say this. He revealed to me that I just, yeah, you I know, just got lazy, and I, I ripped him a new one. I was like, you never do that. Mm-hmm. You never stop pursuing your wife, right. ever. And yes, do we have lulls in that? We're human beings. We're gonna have that. But guys, you gotta man up and and open your mouth and tell your wife sometimes how you. It's not and not just to say it to get to get something in return, like the story I told about earlier. But every TV show that's out there, a guy is portrayed as the stupid one. He's clueless. He's sitting on the couch. Right. He's barely awake. Um, The wife is doing around everything. She's organized everything. She's got everything. She's whole weights on her shoulders. And the guy comes in and he says like, what do you need, honey? And you know, that's not, that's not how it's supposed to be at all. Mm-mm. God has given men. And it's not a suggestion. We are given the privilege, the honor but also the responsibility to be the spiritual leaders of the household that is reserved for men alone and that makes women upset i know but that is how it's supposed to be done if you read this if you read the new testament at all it talks specifically about that as for a woman to fulfill her duties as a wife to her husband it says as fitting to the lord mm-hmm. but see that's what we don't do mike is we as men and women, we don't do what's fitting to the Lord. And how do I know that? Bibles aren't open. They're not applying right. what's in there. They're not it. So when you read the Bible, it comes right after your heart and it, and it, and it, and it challenges your mind. And that's what we don't want. We want mindless, numb, easy things. We don't want things that attack our hearts and, and make mm-hmm. us want to change. God, God demands change and he demands that we follow what exactly he says. And we say, no, I'm not going to do that. But when we do, I'll just give you a perfect example. Your relationship with your wife and by the grace of God, me, we have that. And when you, when you just thought about how blessed you were, I just had that thought. Just my mom said it uh, when, when my oldest son was, graduating from high school she said you know nate you really are blessed by god and i was like yeah yeah i kind of I kind of brushed it off
0: right right
1: and then i just stopped and reflected i mean my kids you know they're 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 young men they're gonna make mistakes but i don't have to worry about them doing drugs i don't want drinking partying sleeping around uh i know my wife through at my absolute worst moment she's always going to be there for me and i will be there for her and I and and the and the the greatest of all is that I have Jesus christ as my lord and savior through my darkest of valleys and, and even my best moments he's always going to be there for me he he loves me he's patient with me and he's and he's he's transforming me into his image and that's the whole goal of a believer so if you really so I'll shorten this last part up If you really want to be a man, pursue after the heart of Christ.
0: Which goes back to why love has to be the foundation of a foundational man because God is love. And if you're you're pursuing God, you're going to feel his love and you're going to have an understanding of what love is and how he defines love, which gives you the opportunity and the blessing and the privilege to go out and share that that same type of love. And uh, that's why it all comes back full circle. It all comes back full circle. And that's why I keep stressing that you cannot be a foundational man on your own, you can't do it on your own willpower, you cannot do it on your own common sense. Uh, You can't do it alone. You just cannot it all goes back to God and your relationship with God, being intentional about building that intimate relationship with God
1: I I also Want to say this too I, I don't want to interrupt you But I had This on the car right over here I think men are also Afraid of not measuring up
0: Most definitely you, We've uh, that comparison Game you know if you Want to really attack a man if You really want to cut him down And I'm not saying this to give you guys the game On how to cut down a man no but I'm just Saying I'm speaking honestly if you Want to cut down a man compare him to someone else tell him he's not measuring up to your neighbor because he has a better lawnmower, or he's not measuring up because uh the people around the block he his you know your neighbor she, her husband has a promotion and they're getting a bigger house what are you doing to get me to that position you know com- right. compare your man to another man and I, I tell you if he doesn't lash out verbally You're cutting him to the core. And what you're going to get is that silent treatment. You're going to get a man who is coming in, walking in to the house, apathetic, going through the motions, holding your hand just because that's what he's used to, not because he wants to. And that love that we're commanded to share, man, that's when you get into that trouble where that man thinks, maybe I should reserve this. And that's how I know I fell into that trap. I'm going to reserve this. You know what? I'm not going to put this out because I was thinking about myself, <laughs> you know? And like, you're so correct on that. Love is so, such a selfless act. It is selfless. It has nothing to do with you.
1: Well, there is there is was a, a little, we were talking about YouTube shorts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, we go down the same rabbit holes, but, there was one and this guy was at a conference and this speaker was talking about pretty much self-love. And I just I, I just shake my head like, nope, nope, nope. But the guy was like crying. He's like, I've been taking care of my family for 30 years and I, I put it on my back and I just don't love myself and blah, 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 blah. And the guy and the guy literally he goes, come up here, come up here. He puts his hands on his shoulder. He's like, today you're going to start loving yourself. Today, you're going to start putting yourself first. Today, you're going to do this, and it's going to be so much better. And the guy's like, he's fine. I was like, thank you so much. And the crowd's cheering. I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope,
0: nope. False. No. This is going to be temporary. <laughs>
1: oh, I, I just I just said, so you're going to care about yourself and your family, who you're supposed to take care of, is going to take a back burner to your needs? Right. Uh, but see, here's the thing. Now, th- this, is, this is a fine line here, but- if you go at it with your own strength, you're going to reach that point that that man did. But if you have God, who we are empowered strength and strengthened in his might, we will never grow weary. So we can continue to do those things nonstop. But we, when we have Christ in, in us, we have a power that we will never be able to tap into on our own. So with this strength that we need from God, let me just give you that back to 1 Corinthians 13 real quick, but not the whole entire thing. What I want to talk to you about, though, with this guy, is towards the tail end of what love is, where it says in verse 7, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. See, if that gentleman had God's love living within him, he'd been completely fine. He would have the strength to endure, to, to hope, to persevere in those difficult times. God's love gives us the perseverance to withstand any test that this world could possibly throw at us. So men do not attempt to lone wolf this thing do not be an island immerse yourself in in god in christ and if you don't know how to do that well you can reach out to the show that's a perfect way to do it mike is a wonderful resource and and the first thing you probably should do is get in the bible that's the other thing so so with that last story just understand people that the love that we truly desire to have is only found in God and God alone. You can't find it anywhere else, you can't buy it in a store, you can't buy it on Amazon. It's only found in God through his son Jesus Christ. So do that. You you need to do that because you're you're withholding the best thing that would ever happen in your life. And and for what? If you if you had an incurable disease, and someone came up to you and said here's the cure you're gonna let that sit in your fridge you're gonna take that right away and you're gonna take care of yourself so this this true love that we as men deeply desire and and deeply desire to show other people is found in god so the closer you are with him the more you're going to demonstrate that love for other people
0: nate i think that was perfectly said and i i I think this is very important for men to understand that love is the foundation of everything, and it is a must. It is not an option. If you do not love, if you if you don't have a the understanding of the true definition of love, if you don't have that uh, intimate relationship that you're building with Christ, you're not gonna be able to be a foundational man. You have to understand what love is. Why? Two reasons. Love is the greatest resource we have here on earth. It says it. It conquers all. It never fails. So when you are building your home or you're building some kind of structure, what do you do? You build your foundation with the most precious, most uh, valuable, the strongest resources that you have. So it will not break, it will not falter. Ours happens to be love. So what Nate has been talking about is so important. And uh, one last thing before we wrap this up and bring it all on home is we were commanded to love. And that is something that trips us up all the time. We, we talk about love as is it, as if it's optional. We say well i'm a you know we we'll do it in our own relationships i I feel like I love you today, you know you've been really nice, I like what you've done, you sacrificed a little bit I'm gonna love you a little bit more today, or it's like um, I'm not gonna love this person because I don't like them, but we are commanded to love, and I want to talk about that and what that means and what that looks like, and we're not gonna talk just in a In a sense of relationship, we're going to talk in a sense of generality, okay? How you're supposed to respond and love everyone that you encounter. Because it also says, you know, to love your enemies. And that's not always the easiest thing to do. And that is a clear example of why love is not an emotion. It is a command. If I I told you right now to think about a person that you do not get along with, and I told you that you ought to love them and show them love. I'm pretty sure that there's not going to be a warm and fuzzy feeling that goes through your body that's saying, oh man, this is what true love is. And you're not going to get all warm and fuzzy and start smiling about that encounter with that person. Love is a command. And so Nate, I want you to talk to us about how, as a man, we've talked about how we struggle to love now. How can we take this struggle and understand this command to love and utilize it to start to change our lives, to start to build that foundation of becoming a foundational man?
1: Well, I think first and foremost that you have to understand that it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about, this kind of reoccurring theme, but God is in charge. Uh, God is our commander in chief. Uh, He is the one who made us. Jeremiah 1 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I mean, it honestly doesn't get any more intimate than that. God created us. And because he's our creator, we ought to do what he commands, but we naturally don't. We kick and scream against him, deny him with our actions and our words. But once we come to true knowledge and faith in Christ. We become true believers in Him after we repent and confess Him as our Lord. Our attitudes and our spirit changes from hostility and disobedience to love and obedience. So that is what's essentially it's being called born again. So when you're born again, you are given uh, a new heart because we had a heart of stone that was, was resistant to God. And now He gives us a new heart, a new spirit and he gives us his holy spirit to dwell within us and causes us to walk in his ways because we can't do it alone we we've been we've talked about this a lot today that we can only do things on our own for so long and so far but god gives us his holy spirit that empowers us and enables us to live the life that we cannot live on our own so i'm going to give you just a few verses about how we're commanded to love so luke 10:27 says and this is Jesus talking, and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and here it is, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then I'm going to take you also to one more, Galatians 5.14, which says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. See, God gave us the commandment. Jesus affirmed that and taught the exact same thing: to love one another, even even as I have loved you, and I've I've loved the Father. So we should also love one another. But that doesn't come naturally. You mentioned about Mike about uh, thinking of somebody that you don't get along with too, and you're talking <laughs> about loving that person. Yes. I'll tell you right now, I had someone in mind and okay
0: before the judgments start coming in
1: <laughs> l- let me just say this and this and this is and this is the honest god truth a few years ago i'll just people, just be really vulnerable okay we don't like that word but i'll be vulnerable right now my in-laws which that's a whole fun conversation right, anyway right Certain people have wonderful in-laws they get along with, and they they are literally an extra mother and a father. Huge blessing. Me, I have unbelieving in-laws. And so they have had an unnatural hostility towards me pretty much from the moment I met them or met them. And so I have not raised my voice at them once. I have not cursed at them. I haven't done anything that I can think of outside of being a little bit cold to them. That's really hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. And they've done countless things to hurt my feelings. And there was a point, Mike, and I'm not proud of this, but this is, but this is for this podcast for any man that's listening is there was a time where I would, refuse to pray for them
0: Mm.
1: i would refuse to pray for them i was like you know what i don't want anything to do with them i'm not going to talk to them whatever but the more i was in the scriptures the more god was it's like it's like they were just jumping off the page at me and it was it was shaking me and saying okay you can't follow me you can't be a true disciple of jesus christ if you're unwilling to forgive and, and unwilling to pray for those persecute you because jesus said it love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you i wasn't i wasn't being obedient and i knew i should so now it has completely changed and because i started doing that mike our relationship actually has become a lot better now they're still they still do things contrary to what i believe should be right um but I don't have any hostility now towards them and that, and see people want to be zapped with biblical godly love. They want to be zapped with patience and peace. What a foundational man is, but that takes, it takes time. It takes dedication, it takes hard work, but it also takes humility, selflessness. And it also takes actually applying what God says but here's the other thing. When you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have access to God. So you can pray to him and ask him, Lord, not just to get me health, wealth and prosperity. That's we should not be praying that. What we ought to be praying is, Lord, please give me peace. Give me patience. Give me your love that you, that that I desperately need that and other people need. From me. They don't need Nate's love. They need they need God's love through me. So we are commanded to love. It's all over scripture. I have plenty more to share with you, but we don't have enough time. But but we'd be here forever. I have tons of scriptures, but <laughs> we what we're, we're commanded to love. It's not, and that's the thing. People think that love is a feeling, that it's it's a physical, touchy, feely love. Love is a command. Love is demanded from us by our creator to love one another and more over than anything else to love him and to love our neighbor as ourselves,
0: brother. You have me uh, speechless, really. I mean, because as you were speaking, and I know I'm not the only one, I, I started thinking about all that you were saying and how important it is to have that relationship with God and how everything falls back on him, everything that we do. Everything that we say, everything that we desire falls back on him in our relationship with him. And we're having an understanding on what type of God he is. And there are so many men out there that are struggling with these these, uh, these areas in their lives. They have these pitfalls in their lives that they've been struggling with for, for years and years and years, and they haven't found a way out of it. And this is really why this podcast exists and this is why building a foundational man exists because one we need a foundational man in our lives i know that i can't be around my children 24 7 so when they are out of my presence i want them in the presence of another foundational man because i know that their agenda is is pure i know that their vision is not impaired I know that when they are out of my care or in the care of another foundational man that my children would be taken care of as if I would be as if I were taking care of them. This is why foundational men are so important. We want them as our leaders. We want them as the head of our households. We want them to be uh, educators and all of these things that have an impact on our life. We want them in our community looking after the community. We want foundational men everywhere we covered a lot and we're going to continue to cover a lot of information and we're going to go back and and like I like Nate said we can talk about love all day but some things that I want you guys to get from this is this men you have to acknowledge that you are struggling with love now you have some answers to why you might have been struggling with love there's an absence of god in your life your foundation has not been laid with love. Maybe the definition of love has been skewed. Maybe at one point you did understand the definition of love and you strayed away because of the hurt and the pain, the vulnerability, the rejection you may have felt. However, Nate has provided a way out. He's provided a way out and that is through building an intentional, intimate relationship with God. And through that, you'll feel his presence of love and you will be under have a better understanding of love and then You will understand that this is not about yourself that's the whole thing this whole thing your purpose is greater than yourself your purpose has nothing to do with you you are just a messenger basically (laughs) you know (laughs) this isn't about oh i want to be up here i want to measure up to this no we are measuring up to god's standard we're not on on the world's standard but this is greater than yourself and once you understand that it becomes easier Nate touched on that. Love is selfless. That brought insight to me because that's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget. I know even probably last night or today or at some point, I I did something that I thought I was doing out of love, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, they owe me now. <laughs> you know, and love doesn't work that way. So Nate, again, I, I appreciate you coming on and being so willing to come on and uh it come on immediately we we talked about this about a week ago and you're like man i'm ready so was, hey let's get this let's get this going and you were here and so we appreciate it and i know all the listeners appreciate it and we're going to continue to have these uh dialogues between each other and then we'll have other guests on the podcast as well my goal is to have a big panel you know about four or five men talking and and then also throw in a a, a few foundational women to have their insight and tell their side but as for now, you got me and Nate all right and we're <laughs> so hopefully you got <laughs> some insight on love and with that Nate I'll uh, let you uh, take us out, finish up with your last few words and what you have to say and uh, uh once again it's a greatly appreciated.
1: No, like I said before it's such an honor and privilege to be here again uh, with you and and your audience and you know uh, you're one of the reasons why I was inspired to do, uh, my podcast, which I'm I'm grateful for, and love is such a deep thing. It's such a necessary thing, and having the correct view on love changes everything. And that's only found in Jesus Christ. I'm a I'm gonna read you one last one last verse is First John three twenty three. This is His commandment. That we believe in the name of His Son Jesus Christ and love one another just as He commanded us. You need to believe upon the name of Jesus Christ because this world is dark, it's pale, it's poor, it's blind, and it's naked. But in Christ you will have you will be fulfilled. Not so much necessarily with this physical life, but He will give you everything you need. And in Second Peter one three, He says, "By His divine power, He has granted to us everything." that pertains to life and godliness. He gives us everything we need for this life and our spiritual lives and also for the life to come. There's nothing more important than that. So if you are seeking first God, His kingdom, His righteousness, it says in Scripture, the promise is all these things shall be added to you. So if you're looking for uh, a wife or woman first, that's your first mistake. Do not forsake what is supposed to be and who is supposed to be our first love, and that's Jesus Christ. He's supposed to be our first love. And I know that sounds weird to some some men, but literally the reason why I'm here is because Jesus is the absolute best thing that's ever happened to me in my life, and I'm here to offer him to you. Turn to him in faith. You may not understand everything you're doing, Uh, i would never want to impose um my podcast on it onto this wonderful podcast but i have a lot of biblical studies on mine you can go check that out living parables podcast if you want if you don't that's great i'm praying for you
0: check it out living parables (laughs) it's available on all platforms spotify apple google whatever you whatever you use to listen to podcasts go ahead and check it out living parables And I I encourage you to do that. It's not if you want to or if you feel like it. No, go check it out because there are so many messages that will help guide you. Because we understand that so many people... Some people may not be familiar with the Bible. That is a, a foreign language to them. So Nate has the ability to break it down to you and give you a starting point. And this is what it comes down to, this podcast, Building a Foundational Man, the Man Podcast, Living Parables. It's all about giving you a resource, where a starting point, because so many of us are stuck. So go check out his podcast. I'm sorry I had to interrupt, but <laughs> we ain't got time to be, if you want to, no, you need to go check it out. So.
1: Well I appreciate that vote of confidence it's just you know you try to remain humble but the 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 truth is is that God has blessed both Mike and I and we don't say this with um, with our chest puffed out uh, we say it with our heads down in odd reverence to God um' we're, we are both grateful for the blessings that we have on this earth but we're more grateful for the the salvation that we have. In Jesus Christ, because that's what that's really what's bonded us together as friends and brothers. So, Jesus is what you're missing. Jesus is the reason why you're not uh, loving people. Jesus is the reason why you're not being loved correctly. So, uh, if your house is in shambles, if your relationship is in shambles, if your life is in shambles, it's because Christ is not there to put it together. Because, Colossians. 117 says, in him, talking about Jesus Christ, in him, all things hold together. He's, he holds you together. He holds your family together. He holds your relationship together. He holds everything that you have that you hide deep down together. But if you don't have him, you're holding on by your own strength and you will fall. But Jesus gives us such great promises that whatever this life throws at us, I have overcome the world. So he he doesn't say that problems won't come, but he promises to to be with you through it all, to give you the grace that is sufficient to get through these difficult and challenging times. So so with that, Mike, I thank you from the bottom of my heart to have me on. I pray for all the men listening and all the women. Be foundational women. Pursue after the heart of Christ. Uh, if If you want a husband, a true husband, you need to seek Christ. Men, same thing. If you want a you want a wife, she needs to be foundational. She needs to be, she needs to be Christ of Christ. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I love him uh, not perfectly, but I want to. I don't obey him perfectly, but I want to. I don't serve him perfectly, but I want to. So that's where we need to, that's where we need to get. Not that I have achieved some level of spiritual perfection. But just what we talked about from the very very beginning i'm just a man that wants that is wanting to pursue after the heart of god so i appreciate you mike love you as a brother and thanks for having me on
0: hey likewise it's always a pleasure and uh with that being said guys this is once again the man podcast the man men are necessary podcast and Hey, go ahead. I usually don't like to plug myself like this, but uh, for those of you listening, go ahead and click on those three dots and rate the podcast. Give it the five star rating and follow it so you don't miss out on any of the new episodes that are released every Friday. So that's my selfish plug. I hate plugging them, but (laughs) it's necessary, I guess. But with that being said, remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting. And remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment because that's what foundational men do until we meet again, my friends.